Hello, I'm Scott Guthrie, and welcome to episode 30 of the Influencer Marketing Lab. This week, it's the turn of Cara Peach to share her influencer marketing story. Cara is the co-founder of Gemfluencer, a South African-based influencer marketing agency that places social good at its heart. In this episode, we discuss why Genfluencer is different as an influencer marketing agency, how the company puts meaning and money into corporate social responsibility programs, what makes Gen Z different to other generations in terms of consumer behaviour, and the background and the mission of the I Felt That movement. As ever, check out InfluencerMarketingLab.com for full show notes and related useful links. The Influencer Marketing Lab has been made possible through exclusive sponsorship by Tagger. Tagger is the number one data-driven influencer marketing platform and social listening tool. It's an all-in-one SaaS platform that helps users succeed in every step of the influencer marketing workflow. With it, you can discover the perfect influencers, research your target market, activate campaigns, and measure influencer success all in one intuitive platform. If you want to see how Tagger can work with you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo. This week, I am joined by Cara Peach, founder of Genfluencer. Cara is on a mission to share all of the real and the raw, the ideal and the not so ideal, the consistently inconsistent moments of her life in order to explore the Genfluencer. It's Kara's hope that by doing so, it will assist in drawing greater awareness of mental health and make a positive difference in local African communities and further afield in order to fight against anxiety, to fight against depression, addiction, suicide, and gender-based violence. Welcome, Kara. Hello, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm sitting here looking out of the window onto a grey morning in South London. Where are you today? I'm sitting in Four Ways, South Africa, looking at blue skies on a winter's day, and it's actually quite warm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. For the uneducated, including me, where is Four Ways? Four Ways is in Gauteng, and it's in um, our Highfelt, this side. It's in Johannesburg, and it's in our biggest business hub. Perfect. Thank you very much for educating me. So, Cara, you've recently founded Genfluencer, but what is Genfluencer and what makes it different in the influencer marketing space? Scott, the Genfluencer is an influencer marketing agency, like any other influencer marketing agency, that runs brand campaigns and utilizing influencer marketers. But what makes us different is that we are founded by an NPO that is a very personally related hashtag and movement called I Felt That, which drives social change. And I think that that is what sets us above the rest, is that we have ingrained in our costings anybody or any brand that utilizes us as an agency for influence marketing can then drive their CSI, which is their corporate social responsibility as a brand, and utilize those funds in order to drive that social change through I felt that. When you talk about social responsibility, I think your, your app actually gives money back to, to good social causes, doesn't it? Correct. So a business and a brand has an allocation of funds that they have to obviously allocate towards a CSI every year. 
they can then choose what they utilize those funds for. So whether it be to drive education and, and that's your modus operandi as a brand, those funds then get allocated towards that. And at the end of your year, you're claiming that back. So your funds that you're allocating towards us for your influencer marketing campaign, we've already ingrained in our billing that a portion goes to a movement called I Felt That, that you as a brand can then claim that allocation back at the end of your financial year. But what's great about it is that in the interim, you're actually driving social change and you're utilizing those funds within the communities. And I think that that's a key element here is that if you're utilizing the Genfluencer as a platform for influencer marketing within your marketing mix, not only are you getting your influencer marketing campaign and we're executing it for you, but you're getting a brand ad space with us as well as you're utilizing a portion of your CSI which you're then claiming back for, which you can reutilize in your marketing mix. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of a win-win situation. It sounds like a win-win-win. You started off by saying you're an influencer marketing agency. Well, big whoop, you know, they're a dime a dozen. In 2015, I think there are 190 globally influencer marketing agencies and platforms. Now they're 1,360, according to Influencer Marketing Hub. So that's no great differentiator. But uh, a really interesting bit for me is the the two other elements, that's the driving positive change and the corporate social responsibility uh, credits, if you like, that go into that. That's fascinating. Absolutely. And I think that that's the key element here that does set us above the rest. And it's specifically why we've registered the hashtag I felt that movement as the NPO, which drives this community project of ours and really drives that social change. So it is a win-win-win. It's a win for brands. It's a win for us. And it's a win for the community. So I don't see why anybody should be giving us any excuses. You've got my vote. Amazing. (laughs) Are you the sole founder there of Trendfluencer? It is myself along with Nikki, Nikki Diaga. We are the two founders of the Genfluencer. How do you know Nikki? And are you similar in temperament? We're very similar in temperament, however, completely dissimilar in design. I'm completely colorful and she's completely (laughs) black and white. Analytical versus sort of a most. We're a great yin and yang team. I think all the, um, the marketing and the ideas and crazy Ah, out there sort of things to life and she kind of brings me back to life and goes right car these we can use within our business and these things are just completely out there like go back to the drawing board (laughs) (laughs) well I, I love those differences in personality type I think usually we search out people who are like us we seek out people that we identify with uh, as our own personality traits in the people that we want to yes. bond with. So that often, I think, doubles our collective strengths, but it also doubles our collective weaknesses. So it sounds as though you and Nikki have found a good foil for each other to complement each other's. Yeah, good. Absolutely. It's a bit of give and take on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think the extrovert, and I, I won't ask whether you're the extrovert or whether Nikki is, I, but I'm getting a sense of it. Um, Sometimes the extrovert gets a bit frustrated, I think, with the introvert. The same the other way around. I think the thinkers need feelers to be sort of in touch with their feelings and to be able to persuade and to reconcile. Feelers need thinkers to be tough and to weigh up the pros and cons and the costs uh, and negatives and the benefits uh, around a project or a decision. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think we're both extroverts, um, however, although I think that um, I am very creative in my design and, and Nikki kind of goes, car, there's certain business things we can achieve here and there's certain things that, you know, <laughs> your thinking's way too forward right now. That divergent and convergent thinking, you're saying, uh, wouldn't it be amazing if, and she's trying to sort of yes. temper it with a bit of reality. Yeah. What makes Gen Z different to other generations in terms of consumer behavior? So I think Gen Z has, I mean, as we know, we've we've watched the stats and, and obviously followed Gen Z for a while now. And um, Gen Z, just in terms of their buying power and sort of their place in the market going forward, they're fast-tracking the rest of the sort of generations in, in in that respect. And I think that brings an exciting space for us. I think that Gen Z, um, just as a generation in terms of upbringing, has got a far more open-minded idea of life and reality and there's certain um, things that, that they stand for in terms of politics, in terms of general life, in terms of their ideas, in terms of careers. They've got a, a far greater choice of career and, and avenues to take in, in, in life than we ever did. Um, and going back to my parents' generation even. So I think they are the predominant generation to be aware of and to watch and to analyze. Um, and they they also very specific about social responsibility. And I love that about them. And I love that that they take initiative in that and that they follow brands and trends and people and things that are said that takes a stance to something i think that's a beautiful quality of theirs a social stance a difference in values and behaviors and beliefs um nearly three quarters 72 percent of gen z factor in a company's purpose when shopping according to uh, a survey and i'll put in where i got that survey from in the show notes i also see that this age group includes purpose as part of a, an internal checklist that they go through before deciding which companies they want to associate with and uh, give over their hard-earned rand or, or pounds or, or dollars uh, purpose has to be baked into the brand though more than nine out of 10, 93% of Gen Z who responded to the survey said that if a company makes a commitment, it should have the appropriate programs and policies in place to back up that commitment. And three quarters, 75%, confirmed they research a company to ensure that it has been honest when it takes a stand on those issues. So that sort of chimes in, I think, Cara, with what you're saying about a different generation increasingly moving into to the workspace and having different outlook on life, different ways they make decisions, both on purchasing decisions, but also social responsible decisions. Absolutely. I think that the Gen Z's beliefs and attitudes are certainly a key factor to take into consideration, given their importance in the workplace. I read a stat as well that said that 20% of Gen Z's make up the global workforce. That's a powerful number if you think about it. You know, and as for sure. And it's only ever going one way. It's only going up as well. For Absolutely. 20%. You know, and as boomers leave their roles and, and more of the youth are swapping into taking the, those places, um, if companies want to cultivate loyalty among the new team members, they need to get a grasp of who they are. You know, the future is progressive and, and so the members of this generation. You mentioned a little earlier in our conversation uh, an NPO. I don't know what an NPO is. Just can you tell me what that is? It's briefly? a non-profit organization. Ah, I should know that. But you also use the, the hashtag, I felt that. Yes. I don't know what that is. Tell me more about what 
the I felt that movement is? Sure. So the hashtag I felt that movement comes from a very personal story, my personal journey in terms of mental health and my family's mental health. We we suffer from depression in my family as well as addiction. And I think that the I felt that movement, not I think, I know, it comes from it comes from this personal story where I thought that I wanted to utilize myself and my story to highlight mental health and and to come forward with my story and my journey regarding it, to motivate a movement that creates a safe place for any individual that is on our platform or that has seen the Genfluencer, and to create the space where, you know, I've utilized my personal story to come forward and tell you that it's okay, that mental health is a real thing, that there are issues around it that really affect us as individuals and as a society and as a global nation, you know, mm-hmm. where we were previously sort of shied away from telling these stories why not have a platform and a space that people are actually talking about it? You know, coming off the back end of an, of this pandemic and certainly I know what it's done to me and sort of, you know, the social anxiety it's given me. And I was a social butterfly. There wasn't an evening that I didn't have plans to be out and, and networking and, and, you know, just whether it was from, from gym to, to shopping, to networking, whatever it was, I was always out, you know, now I'm completely sort of recluse and, and drawn indoors and that aids my mental health issues. Um, does or exacerbates your mental health issues possibly absolutely i think there's a lot in that and i think the lockdown has caused us kind of a bit of agoraphobia i'm going out this afternoon to meet uh, someone for a late lunch and uh, i'm looking forward to it but it's also one of the first times in the last i don't know how many months i've been out and i feel a little bit apprehensive about going on public transport for the first time it's so i absolutely understand what you're coming from so it's quite brave what you're doing you're you're sharing your stories you're wearing your emotions on your sleeve but i think by demonstrating that you're you're saying that actually there's nothing to be ashamed of and by surfacing and exposing those efforts i think there'll be a lot more people that say yeah i felt that too absolutely and being in the influencer marketing space and and having sort of the reference of what influence you know has with, within our niche tribes and our communities and and just on in terms of our followers on on our social platforms why not be the influencer myself and come forward with something that is is real and relevant and it's a hashtag I felt that moment. The moment doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation to it. The moment could be hashtag I felt that, you know, my sister just gave birth. You know, that I felt that doesn't have to have that sort of connotation to it that's bringing you down in life. But it's something in your life, whether it's positive or whether you've been affected by it, that has moved you enough that you have felt it personally and sort of here's the space to chat. Okay, so it's celebrating moments as well as just sort of sharing less positive moments. Some realness. Yeah, some realness. I, li- I like that. Yes. This podcast has been made possible through exclusive sponsorship by Tagger. I particularly like Tagger's discovery tool because it lets you apply hundreds of different filters to their huge database so you can find exactly the influencers you want that perfectly match your campaign. I've seen agencies and brands discover high-value influencers in less than a quarter of an hour. Tagger's affinity tool takes discovery a step further by showing you an influencer's brand affinity. What does this mean? 
it means you're able to partner with influencers who are most likely to enjoy your brand or product. Tagger focuses on their customer success. When you sign up to the platform, you're given a dedicated customer success manager. They guide you through everything, from onboarding to training, to just checking in and making sure you're finding success with the platform. When you're running an influencer campaign, sometimes it can be difficult to measure your success. But it's easy to report your campaign data with Tagger. Their modular report builder lets you pull accurate, real-time data directly from social media platforms. You can also choose which metrics matter most to you and your clients, meaning you can customize the data that you show in your report. Something that can be overlooked when you're choosing an influencer marketing platform is the quality of the data. Tagger has direct API access to all major social media platforms. This gives Tagger users 100% accurate, real-time data that's gathered responsibly. You can't plan a good strategy if you're not looking at good quality data. If you're looking to scale your influencer marketing efforts, Tagger is a truly global solution. Its availability in over 10 languages and the ability to make multi-currency payments directly on platform gives brands a huge advantage when running multinational, multilingual influencer campaigns. If you want to see how Tagger can work for you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo. Let's shift gears a little bit now, Cara. Tell me about the in-app advertisements within Genfluencer and how they raise money for good causes. Yeah, sure. So the in-app um, brand ad space obviously is a space that if you were to utilize the Genfluencer as your influencer marketing agency for campaign, automatically you would then be able to give us an, a brand ad that we would then run within app naturally because you are utilizing us for for influence marketing but also it's not limited to that brands have a space on our platform that they can purchase whether it's a banner ad or a full screen takeover maybe it's an in-app video whatever it might be that the proceeds of that are then completely allocated to the hashtag I felt that movement which is the NPO and all the funds raised from those adverts go back into the community then to build schools, to give back to communities that don't have water or running water, um, to run programs, Mindfulness Matters programs that are based and centered around the things like anxiety, depression, addiction, and gender-based violence within those communities. And, and that's really what it is. And what it also allows you to do then is to follow in-app the amount of funds that you've raised. You then get to watch how we've utilized the allocation of those funds within those communities. And I think that's a really nice key factor there, that as a brand, you're then able to see what you've done with your money. I love that. So you select the good causes that are produced in the ads that you put the money towards. Is that right? Correct. And they're centered around clean water, education, and, and mental health issues. Correct. Okay. Correct. I love that. Is, is your focus on South Africa, or are you looking more broadly? No, we're definitely looking more broadly. At the moment, just within our, our own capacity, we're driving South Africa. But that doesn't mean we're not speaking to partners on a global scale already. We're wanting to make the hashtag, I felt that movement, as big and as prevalent as any other movement on a global scale. And obviously take that into communities globally and obviously then donate and allocate funds within the communities on a global scale that are relevant within each of those niches. 
So if it is the same as us and it's water and gender-based violence, as well as mental health abroad, then absolutely we drive the same from that perspective. But if it's something different in communities that we're unaware of that we'll get affiliated to, then we're definitely going to drive and allocate those funds um, where necessary. In terms of social media platforms, what are the big three platforms currently in South Africa for Gen Z? So in the UK and the US, it's no huge surprise that it's Instagram, but increasingly it is TikTok. Is that the same in South Africa? Absolutely the same. I think TikTok might even take over Instagram in terms of the Gen Zs, and, and but definitely most prevalent You've got your Instagram, you've got your Facebook, and you've obviously got TikTok. I think Facebook comes a third out of the three. Well, that's interesting. The rapid growth of TikTok, there's an article in eMarketer this week that showed that TikTok had overtaken Instagram in terms of the default platform for Gen Z. However, I was slightly surprised to see that Snapchat is still the number one preferred app for that generation. Yeah, Snapchat's definitely big as well, I won't lie. Um, you know, my son is a six-year-old and my son always wants to Snapchat. Um, but and, and TikTok for that matter too. Is mom like, let's get on TikTok and do a TikTok video, you know? Uh, one of the best TikToks that I can't get out of my head is that board in the house, you know, when the pandemic just hit and everyone's doing those TikToks of I'm bored in the house. <laughs> Kara, how do you keep up to speed with the fast changes within influencer marketing and social media? What are your go-to sources? Scott, we obviously follow podcasts and the Influencer Marketing Lab is specifically one of them. (laughs) I wasn't fishing, but I was hoping that we were going down that path. Uh, Apart from the uh, Influencer Marketing Lab, what, what else do you listen to and what else do you read to keep you up to speed? From a reading point of view, I'm very much into reports. I keep up to date with global trends um, from agencies around around the globe, obviously. From a podcast listenership, we listen to you guys, obviously. Um, we listen to a couple others. Stuff You Should Know. I don't know if you've heard about the Stuff You Should Know podcast. What's so good about Stuff You Should Know? Stuff You Should Know, they speak about everything relevant within the space and 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 obviously keep up to date with the trends and, and sort of like all, you know, with Facebook having now come up with the fact that they're changing their privacy policies next year and, you know, to keep you up to date on the relevant topics within the space um, that are are game changers for us. And I think that's a big one for me. I think there's certain things that we need to be up to date with and kept up to speed with. And there's certain things that are are just nice tunos. How can people connect with you and with Genfluencer online and find out more about what you're doing? So people can definitely follow us on our website which is www.thegenfluencer.com, where we have our blog space that they can obviously keep up to date, as well as find out all the new hot topics and, and things that we're discussing on there. But as well as that, obviously, you can follow us on all our relevant social platforms. And for now, that would be Facebook and Instagram, as well as LinkedIn. And that's at the Genfluencer. Is, is where you would follow us that as our handles. Um, alternatively, you can follow us through our hashtag, which is a hashtag I felt that. And, and if you wanted to get in touch with me, then you would fo- just send me an email at cara at thegenfluencer.com. 
And as always, I'll be sure to include all of those links in the show notes accompanying this episode. Just head over to influencermarketinglab.com for all that sort of information. Cara Peach, co-founder at Genfluencer, thank you very much for your time and for all your insights. Can I close off with a saying? So Scott, one of the the sayings that I, I live my life by, and I actually heard it on a Jay Shetty YouTube video that I first watched and, and when I first became affiliated to Jay Shetty, and he said, plant trees under whose shade you do not intend to sit. And I think that if we as humanitarians and humans in general lived by that, each individual lived by that, we would have a society that really gives back and really drives that change. Well, on that note, I think that is a very sensible and poetic and inspiring place to leave the podcast today. Thank you very much for being my guest, Cara Peach. Thank you, Scott. This has been an incredible opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Influencer Marketing Lab with me, Scott Guthrie. The podcast is sponsored by Tagger. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. For more information, visit InfluencerMarketingLab.com. And if you want to see how Tagger can work for you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo.